0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sapphic Culture Club, where we explore lesbian themes in film, TV, books, music, and anywhere else Sapphic's room. We are your hosts. I'm Laurel Hachinova.
1: And I'm Audrey Nee. Happy May, Laurel. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) It is May 1st. Well, we're recording on May 1st, but it is officially May now. I'm not sure how you feel about that. (laughs) i don't feel good about it what
0: is time i don't don't know it's fine What is
1: time anyway we are going to be kicking off season three today with an intimate discussion on the first film from portrait of a survey on fire's top 10 lesbian films i really need to figure out how to shorten that (laughs) as voted on by you starting appropriately with the sapphic cinematic classic desert hearts So we are assuming that you've seen this film already as
0: we're basically going to be spending the next hour or so spoiling the hell out of it. So if you haven't seen it, this is a great time to pause, go watch it and then come back while it's still freshly marinating inside of you. (laughs) If you are able to access Criterion Channel or HBO Max, I think this might be limited to people in the States, but either way, Desert Hearts is available in both of those places for streaming.
1: So this film was written by Natalie Cooper and directed by Donna Deitch. It starred Patricia Charbonneau. What else has she been in? It wasn't
0: anything that I'd...
1: I would say that this was probably her most well-known film. Yeah, yeah, Or is her most well-known film. And then Helen Shaver, who played Vivian, who interestingly is best known, I think, for her work as a director of um, Mm a bunch of more recent TV shows, including episodes of Orphan Black, Westworld, Lovecraft Country, and even Station Eleven. It also stars Audra Lindley as Frances. I think she may have been probably like the biggest star coming into this film. She was famously Helen Roper in Three's Company. She played roles in Troop Beverly Hills and Sybil. I think she played Sybil's mom in Sybil. (laughs) Donna Deitch went on to do more directing, I think, in television, if I'm not mistaken. But of course, the DP, Robert (laughs) Ellsworth, the one dude in this conversation, I will say, like, the cinematography was really stunning in this film. Yeah, yeah. But he went on to and continues to have a very prolific career as a cinematographer, including King Richard, um, There Will Be Blood, Nightcrawler, Punch Drunk Love, etc. So, yeah, there's that.
0: (laughs) One note on Helen Shaver, one of the Criterion interviews, I think, had her in it, and she talked about how Donna was the first female director that she'd worked for, and it, it sort of blew her mind and inspired her to become Aww. a director. And so now, yeah, that's cool that that's what she got into. Mm. So this film is based on the 1964 novel Desert of the Heart by Jane Rule. It is set in 1959 Reno, Nevada which was known as, and this is what it would advertise itself as to tourists. It was the divorce capital of the world. It was easier to get a divorce here in Reno than in most places where you had to potentially prove things like physical abuse, which is one, terrible, and two, difficult to prove. The local laws in Reno at the time, I guess Nevada at the time, but don't quote me on that, (laughs) meant that you could establish residency by uh, living there for six weeks, as long as you had a witness to say that you were there for the entire six weeks. And then you could get basically like a rubber stamped decree. It was sort of the, the first no fault divorce laws, which are now everywhere.
1: Yeah. And then interestingly, Reno was also kind of a lesbian hub, mm-hmm. more like in the I think 20s and 30s. But I feel like that adds a lot of texture to like the the setting of this film.
0: Yeah. The 1950s. As it did everywhere, kind of dampened the, the gay community in <laughs> dampened, Reno. But yeah. Dampened the gay community. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, the log line for this movie, which is probably redundant if you've already seen it by this point, but it is, um, and this is the one that Criterion has on their site. So, straight laced East Coast professor Vivian Bell arrives in Reno to file for divorce, but winds up catching the eye of someone new, the free spirited young Kay touching off a slow seduction that unfolds against a breathtaking desert landscape.
1: I really like the um, intro to this, too, and the Criterion. This is all on the Criterion website, but they're like, they're so excited about the fact that she's a woman. (laughs) I'm just going to quote it directly. Donna Deitch's swooning and sensual first narrative feature, Desert Hearts, was groundbreaking upon its release in 1985, a love story about two women made entirely independently on a shoestring budget by a woman.
0: (laughs) A woman. Did we mention? She's a woman. (laughs) And she did it.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's like a double whammy, right? It's like a woman, female director, and then also a lesbian love story in 1985. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about reviews at the time, but kicking that off with, if you look up on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96% score. Is that the audience or critic? Critic. Critic score?
0: I think audience is like 73.
1: (laughs) Woo! I know. I don't know. Don't. (laughs) Don't quote me. (laughs) But reviews at this time, I think, were mostly mixed. But there, there was a lot of favorable stuff. And of course, like most of the reviews, most film critics at this time and even still are male. But in City Limits, Amanda Lipman wrote that it was a passionate, lovingly shot romance and that one of the most important differences between Desert Hearts and most heterosexual romances is the equality with which it treats its central characters. <laughs> Interesting. It's okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I mean, we Whoa. can talk more about this in a little bit when we get into like our thoughts and feelings who, about this who film. Who is that?
0: Amanda Lippman. Oh, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you okay?
1: <laughs> but don't you think it kind of like, she's not wrong, relatively speaking. If you think about films like, what is that one?
0: <laughs> it's like Gone with the Wind. Like, I can't think of literally another, like, heterosexual
1: every heterosexual romance. <laughs> I'm listening to this podcast called You Must Remember This. This season's all focused on like the erotic 80s. And the premise of all these films is, like, really, you know, these guys, like, are these crazy aggressors and basically just taking what they want from Uh their female partners. Anyway, (laughs) so I think if you compare to that where the men are just basically, like, essentially, like, sexually assaulting women, but at the time that was just normal, then yes, (laughs) there is... A little bit more equality here, but we, again, we can get into that a little bit later.
0: A little bit more equality here. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah.
1: On the other hand, we have reviews from this time, like this, from Vincent Canby, who wrote for the New York Times. He said, Desert Hearts has no voice or style of its own. It's as flat as a recorded message from the telephone company. I read this, wow. I was like, what is a telephone company? <laughs> Vivian Bell, a professor of English literature at Columbia University, arrives in Reno to divorce her husband, who's also a professor. And then he says in parens, and who remains safely off screen throughout the film. He has this like weird obsession with like the invisible male character, like uh-huh. the husband. And then he mentions again, <laughs> there's so little life in the characters as written. You might suspect that Vivian never had a husband and that indeed she's going through what might be called a hyster- hysterical divorce. <gasps> I was like, what the hell? Wow. <laughs> this husband is so irrelevant to the stories yeah. in so many ways. And it's like his main focus here. It's so know? funny. Like, so, but what about the man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, that's why she's getting a divorce, sir. Yep. Ugh, Gross. And then a couple other notes, I think I probably scraped this from like Wikipedia, but to provide a little bit more context here, like the audience reception at the time, lesbian literary critic Camille Paglia praised the film for its riveting performances, having seen it 11 times in theaters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This was interesting. She claimed that Patricia Charbonneau's magic came from hormonal glow as she had found out she was pregnant before shooting began. Uh, Anyway. Uh, I don't think that's where her magic came from, but okay. Actress Jane Lynch said she had never seen in celluloid such real passion and desire between two women and had watched the video over 50 times. Oh, I know. Uh, Again, a little bit more context. I think this is taken from Wikipedia. The movie was the first feature to depict a lesbian love story in a generally mainstream vein with positive and respectful themes. And then, regarding the novel, it was one of the very few novels addressing lesbianism that was published in hardback form. Most books during this period with female homosexuality as a topic were considered lesbian pulp fiction until 1969. And also notable is the ending. Mm-hmm. I think you're you're probably going to talk a little bit about the book, but I think it's interesting to also compare this to Carol, which you know came out mm-hmm. of course, yeah, around this time as well.
0: Oh, there's so much to compare <laughs> between this and
1: The Price of Salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what was happening at this time? I was trying to think of, like, what other lesbian films came out around this time. I think there's, there's a few, not many, but obviously, like, there's the other lesbian classic personal best starring Mariel Hemingway, which came out in 1982. So that predated this by a few years. And then I was going to ask you to guess what you think the top grossing <laughs> films of 1986 were. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can even... Ugh. E.T.? I don't remember when that came out. That's a good guess. When did E.T. come out? 1982. You, you're you off a little bit, but same decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so hard.
0: <laughs> it's hard. Oh, my next one was like RoboCop. It's funny. I just looked it up,
1: though. Okay. Yeah. So it's Top Gun. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is funny because like that's coming out again. I know. Nobody needs to see it. Oh,
1: nobody. So Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, and Karate Kid Part 2 were... The top three grossing films of this year, emphasis on gross. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but <laughs> Alien,
0: Aliens. Oh, the color purple was number five.
1: Wow, the color, purple, the color purple was number six. That's yeah, amazing. I know. Other things that came out this year: Labyrinth, Blue Velvet, Ferris Bueller's oh. Day Off, Short Circuit. So, we're just setting the context for this film. Place Where yourself is here. Labyrinth
0: on this list? I'm surprised it's very it's far like, down.
1: Higher? What? I know.
0: Little Shop of Horrors is 63.
1: Okay, Desert hearts. Laurel, had you seen this movie before we were prepping for this episode?
0: I had not, no. And um, here's another personal admission is that I have also not seen personal Best, And I think I avoided both of them because I was like, I don't need to see how this ends. Like, I'm sure mm. maybe it's fine. Like, maybe it's a good movie, but I've got other... Like, sapphic things that I can watch where hopefully no one will get, like, shamed or kicked out of their house or exposed or any other, you know, like, gay trope. You, you don't have that many. I know. Actually. <laughs> That's a well, I'll just rewatch the like, ones I have and love. Okay. So. You, have fun with those, two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, no, I hadn't. And neither had Ellie.
1: I'll just go ahead and answer that question for myself, which is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. I had... I did see it once when I was, I think around the same time I watched Personal Best, which was probably like in the early 2000s or like late 90s or something like that. That's Uh how old I am. It was like not early enough in the history of lesbian cinema for me to like truly appreciate it at the time that I saw it. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it again, interestingly, with Heather late last year or something like that. Somewhat recently, before I knew we were doing this. And then I watched it again. This past week to prep for the show.
0: And personal best each time? No, (laughs) I've not seen personal best again since,
1: since yeah, back then, since I was two. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So before we talk about our personal best, our personal impressions, we did ask our Instagram followers to tell us how they felt about the film yeah we put out a poll to see like who's actually seen it and i was kind of like tracking it live and for the first like several hours most people had not seen it it was i think only like a few people had seen it but it balanced out eventually to result in a
0: little more than half of audience respondents have seen it so 56 percent said yes they have seen it 44 percent said no and then we also asked if you have seen it when and where did you see it So we'll read some of the responses here. Amy Turner Studio said they rented it not long after it was released in Sag Harbor, New York, during my baby dyke era.
1: (laughs) Baby said that she saw it in 87 or 88 on VHS, of course. Of course. VHS, for those of you at home (laughs) listening who are uh, younger than, what, I don't know, 30 Maybe thirty five. <laughs> is this rectangular black <laughs> cassette? It was like the physical form of what you would watch <laughs> movies. on. It stands for
0: Video Home System, and you would put it put it in into a, v- a VCR, <laughs> video ahead. cassette recorder. What, is that? what does VCR stand for? Anyway, probably yeah. Mary said that she saw it when it came out. Went ten nights in a row. Mm. It was for me. Poloff before Poloff. oh <laughs>
1: love that liz ann 13 said long time ago when it first came out 1980 something in connecticut so i am really glad that a few people who saw it when it came out responded to this yeah that's really yeah, yeah. what i wanted to know <laughs>
0: renee said a bunch of quote sisters had a lobster bake I love this answer so much on the beach and one of the ladies had uh, one of the ladies had a VCR tape it was a bonding weekend oh it was in the summer of 87 I
1: like how you said the last part oh it was the (laughs) summer of 87 (laughs) lobster bake Well, this everything about that was just like so gay
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: good I would actually like a movie of that so oh yeah I would watch this movie. Renee, Mm -hmm. make that movie about you and your (laughs) sisters bonding over lobster bacon, Desert Hearts. In the summer of 87. I know. Oh, in the summer of (laughs) 87. And we also asked if you had any other thoughts you wanted to share with us about this film. Amy Turner Studio said, I think it's a great film as a film and a lesbian story. Also sexy AF. (laughs)
0: Liz Ann 13 said, I went to college in Arizona. The desert backdrop hit me square in the heart winky face it was a positive
1: so from Ganesh Padam apologies if I mispronounce that we should have added that to our opening <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh said about this film it was tender I very appreciate that description mm-hmm.
0: it was I agree <laughs> it was tender my black shroud said it was bold and important indeed so my first impressions having just watched it for the first time very recently are that one it's a it was a beautiful movie visually, and I think there were parts of it that were really touching two, it was definitely made in the eighties <laughs> like for a lot of reasons i feel I feel like sometimes the costuming even felt like mm. I forgot that it was supposed to be taking place in the fifties,
1: yeah <laughs> and it felt
0: very eighties. I think part of it was like the makeup and the hair mm-hmm. but yeah, I think those are those are my two my two big first impressions
1: the first time I watched it recently. Last year, I was honestly like a little disappointed, but I, I think I had really high expectations based on I don't know if it was like my memory or what. Uh, but then after watching it again, I think I appreciated like a much more the second time. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it was just like my mood. But my, one of my first impressions was wow, Kay is like a free spirited case Stew.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. She yeah. kind of looks like her. Actually, she, mm-hmm. I thought she
1: kind of looked like Winona and Kristen Stewart's love child
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: i also thought it was funny that she's a ceramicist of course someone who's always an artist
0: (laughs) even though she never sculpts like no no (laughs) but she her her, like like,
1: studio is surrounded by like pottery (laughs) yeah I did appreciate how unapologetically gay she was. Like, mm-hmm, it was, she sh- yeah. was no shame, and I thought that was really lovely to see, especially knowing that this, you know, was written in the 60s, was mm-hmm. about women in the 50s, and came out in the 80s, so I thought that was pretty special. Do you remember your first first impressions? When, like, I was a baby? Yeah. No, I don't, I, I think everything I watched then that came out before, because I was such a noob to, like, gay cinema, mm-hmm. I was always like... Oh, uh, this is what it's going to be like for me. <laughs> or, you know, like,
0: oh man. I don't
1: know. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I was so
1: dumb and naive, I think, that it was harder for me to kind of like appreciate the film for what it was, or the mm-hmm. story for what it was. But I remember, I remember like really loving certain scenes, and like those are, that's kind of like what stuck in my head.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right when does it get gay?
1: So yeah, I, I think this might be a good thing to kind of keep in mind for future episodes yeah, too. Because yeah, yeah. it's always idea. interesting to me. I feel like more modern films, like, you know, the, the ones that have come out in the last like decade, whenever I look for this, I feel like it's always getting gay around like the 59 minute yeah, mark. <laughs> yeah. Like halfway through the film.
0: It's kind yeah. of surprising. Even like books that I've been reading. Yes. It's like, I feel like at least two of them got gay at like the eighty yeah, percent mark, and it's sure. like, what?
1: At least it wasn't at the end, but like, geez. I think it it really points to, or it supports your point you've made in the past about yearning and how lesbians love to yearn. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we just want to edge for <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah sixty nine yeah. minutes, and then I don't, don't. That was not intentional. Um And then <laughs> and then it's like bam, gay.
0: <laughs> oh, a- actually, that's a good point because it's not that it there has been like allusions to gayness lead like before that 80% mark in those books, but they didn't like kiss or like hold hands or do any. Yeah. um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess this, in that sense, this follows that pattern in that. So at the 17 minute, 45 second ish mark, there's implied gayness, in that there's like a woman in Kay's bed. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first time Vivian like visits her at her studio and the camera kind of like turns a corner and you see this woman in Kay's bed who's, you know, clearly <laughs> naked. And, and like,
0: smiling and waving like, hey, yeah. <laughs> this is... To me, yeah. that's
1: pretty explicit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally.
1: You know, but the first like smooching, I put in parentheses, semi-consensual question mm-hmm. mark, um, was around <laughs> 54 minutes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about what we loved and what we didn't
1: like as much. Let's start with our unhappy face moments yeah yeah <laughs> for me it's not so much like scenes like things i didn't love about the film as like questionable moments i guess yeah but do you want to kick it off
0: okay i'm gonna start lightweight and i, I kind of already mentioned this
1: but like sculptor that never sculpts I was, oh you know? <laughs> i was like <laughs> come on <laughs> there's so much potential and like potential in that you want to see like a ghost me moment
0: where yeah, she's like sure, why not doing it a- okay yeah right. but also like uh, I'll, I'll hint at some of the, the differences between the book and the movie. In the book, she's a cartoonist, so mm. which is like really cute. But, you know, it's like, OK, so you've made the conscious decision to make her a sculptor. But then right. it's just like. It feels like a throwaway. Total throwaway. It's like, why even have her? I mean, I guess it's, it's nice to show that she has a life outside the casino and like other interests. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's like you could have had her just sitting at the wheel when she comes over <laughs> and like, oh, she dries off her hands and then you have a hands moment and. Like, isn't that great yeah. for a
1: lesbian movie? I'm a little surprised they didn't turn her into a photographer. I just feel like that would have been... <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But then it really would have been like Carol. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was like my my very minor, one of my very minor nitpicks. What's what's one of yours?
1: Oh, I don't have anything minor. I, oh, everything great. is just like, there's this question of whether or not Kay is like sort of sexually assaulting her throughout the last... Like, okay, I was going to yeah. leave there, but <laughs> that was just my... Yeah, like I... Uh, I yeah, <laughs> I just feel like... Um, I don't know, like I know this is... I feel like it's a little controversial for me to say this because within the context of the Okay, 80s... wait, wait, wait. Can I go through, like, okay, two okay. of my okay. less... Last...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you asked me! I was like... I know! What? Well, I thought you had something smaller. I like, have nothing small. I didn't I... like her hat.
1: Okay. No, no, no. 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 Okay, I've, fine. I lo- again, the last viewing of the film made me appreciate it a lot more, and so I really just have one minor nitpick, which is sexual assault but go that's ahead that's not
0: a minor <laughs> I know I know so just okay so I had two other ones and one was that the dialogue kind of threw me off a lot it's oh, just interesting it's really flowery sometimes and I feel like I thought like oh maybe they just like kept a lot from the book but they didn't like I don't know it didn't feel anachronistic's not the right word but it felt out of place for me and I couldn't follow like what they were saying sometimes and there are lines that I loved but yeah there are a lot of just
1: like back and forth that I'm like, what are you talking about? It felt almost like Shakespearean or something yeah, where it was like yeah, very clever.
0: Yeah. I
1: think that's why I appreciated more the last watch because I was like, I, I really understand what they're saying now. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's so interesting that you point that out though, because I, I feel like the book is also doing a similar thing where it's yeah. there's a lot of clever dialogue, but it's yeah. easier to sort of digest it in that context where you're yeah, like totally. reading it in your own pace, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying.
0: And it just felt, it like took me out of the scenes where I mm-hmm, felt like- mm-hmm. K especially would have been a lot more plain spoken. Mm,
1: right that's a good point. It was
0: a lot more philosophical and I think that if I hadn't if I had expected something different from K, then it wouldn't have thrown me so much but anyway I think on a like subsequent watch you're right it wouldn't mess with my head as much. The last thing before we get into the <laughs> <laughs> lack of consent is like how and when did Walter and Vivian get so close? It was so strange like there, oh, was, yeah. there was a scene where she's like walk with me and they hold hands and then they kiss on the mouth at some point like but it's like a friendly kiss on the mouth I don't know it's just like I don't understand their relationship and where it came from and it was just strange
1: I actually think and again maybe this is like due to the subsequent watch but like I feel like that was more true to films at the time Mm. in like the 1950s there was a lot of like character development where you don't really see it and it's just like oh all of a sudden these like two straight characters are like (laughs) you know
0: smooching or something right yeah okay all right So let's
1: talk about the big frowny face. The big horrible elephant in the room. No, not horrible. I mean, yeah, it's really interesting because I was kind of taken aback knowing how much people love this film and how important it was to them and how like, you know, people have compared it to the portrait, right? I think the first time I watched it recently, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Like none of this is consensual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Like there's a scene, the scene where she like, Kay walks into Vivian's room and just, like, watches her sleep for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, it's just creepy, you know? And then that just kind of kicks off. That was the first, like, flag for me. And then I think the next
1: thing was, like, the... A pyramid She light. kisses her in the car. Yeah. And it's like, uh, she's it was not... an otherwise beautiful scene. She had like this really cool, like silver kind yeah, of um, cowboy outfit on. Yeah, in the desert with the pinks and, the, and blues and purple pyramid lake. It was gorgeous. Uh, and yeah. then, yeah, she kisses her really without consent. Granted, Vivian does kind of like start to respond. But yeah. it's like, obviously, it kind of felt like Kay is just reading between the lines and like can tell Vivian wants it.
0: Right, <laughs> like, right. from my perspective, that was... <laughs> just...
1: You know, and at the time, again, if I had seen this in like 1986, like maybe I would have given this film that, but like standards have changed a little bit <laughs> yeah. right. And so watching the film now with that lens is really interesting. And I'd be curious to hear from anyone who's seen it then and and watched it again and what does that look like for you? Is it I mean, it's hard right? because if that made such a huge impression on you when you first saw it like in the 80s or 90s, would you be able to like watch it now? with this sort of more, I don't know, modern lens. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like in terms
1: of consent, did it seem
0: romantic to you at the time? Cause yeah, like based on all the other 80s romance movies, right. I might've thought the same thing. Yeah. It's like, wow, she's like really going for it. Uh, I don't know. It's gross.
1: Yeah. Like if you're watching Last Tango in Paris, you know, where there's like really blatant sexual assault and then you're watching this, it's like, this is really tender. Right. Yeah. Oh god. I have to say the development for me on the on Vivian's side was not as obvious. We could tell like kay is really into this woman. And for Vivian aside from the scene where they they share kind of like a laugh in the kitchen when kay is like dropping all this food. To me that was like the first time they really connect. Yeah. But after yeah, yeah. that I don't really get the sense I don't know, maybe it's like too subtle for me, but I didn't really get the sense that Vivian was like she was kind of intrigued by this younger woman yeah but i don't know if it was really communicated clearly that she was like intrigued in like a romantic way yeah 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 but i'm probably just like looking for too much
0: (laughs) well i mean it should show up (laughs) like there there was the like the dressing room scene which was cute and a little flirty but it wasn't like very mutually flirty
1: yeah if anything, there was more of a flirtation between Kay and her friend, like Silver. Which yeah, right. Oh my god. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, too, but... yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, cut to <laughs> this is what Act Three, when Kay like shows up at Vivian's hotel room. Yeah. So Vivian's been oh kicked out gosh. by Francis, right? After the whole pyramid like kiss, kissy kissing, and so she now has to spend the rest of her time, the rest of the six weeks or however many weeks are left at this hotel. Kay's obviously upset and she shows up pounding on her door, right? And trying to get in. Yeah. And Vivian's like, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. No yeah. Until she finally like reluctantly lets her in. So a little bit of a red flag there.
0: Yeah. And she says like, so she's knocking and it's, I heard it as banging. I watched the scene again and it's just very loud and sort of insistent. Yeah. And Kay says, I want you to open the door. And Vivian says, I want you to leave me alone.
1: I know. I and know. then Kay
0: says, I
1: can't. <laughs> I would say that most of Vivian's dialogue is telling us the audience, if we're taking it at face value, that right. she does, she is not consenting <laughs> to anything, to the kiss. Oh my god! To her coming to the hotel.
0: Yeah. So she's in the hotel room. Everything that
1: follows that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So the best um, scene in the film, <laughs> and maybe the worst, <laughs> is this when. I think the camera is, like, kind of focused on Vivian. She's walked to, like, another room. And she's basically, like, trying to avoid her. Which I guess you could interpret, if you want to, as, like, her trying to <laughs> deal with her own desires. Like, she wants Kay, but she can't admit to it. That kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. You wanna, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then it, like, pans or cuts over to... Because Vivian
0: turns to, like... Yeah, Vivian turns. see her and response to K- something or
1: whatever. <laughs> Kay <laughs> is sitting in her bed with her boobs hanging out i mean yeah. like her boobs are like front and center <laughs> and when, she's just kind of smiling <laughs> i think that was the best
0: when ali and i saw this part ali was like why her? why are her titties out is that supposed to help it was such a like why and, and it was like out? i think i sent you this quote from the book yeah okay So, the candor of Anne's absolute nakedness, not caught in unselfconsciousness like a young nude in a romantic painting, but fully aware of her erotic power, roused in Evelyn... Oh, so another thing is that their names are changed in the book. So Anne is Kay and Evelyn is Vivian, but roused in Evelyn, an arrogance of body, a lust that burned through her nerves like the fire of the sun they both stood in. This was the freedom she wanted, an animal freedom exposed to the emptiness of sky and land and water... And that is not the vibe that I got. It's not? Kay was just like sitting still and upright. Like, here are my tits. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Just after Vivian, it's like, have you even been listening to what she's been saying?
1: You know? And the way that Vivian responds, I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was kind of like, oh, my God. Like, good God. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know? And then she said, I want you to put your clothes on and leave.
1: Yes. And then Kay says,
0: no, you don't. And Allie was like. Was this written by a man? <laughs> like,
1: oh, I mean, uh. yeah. So, total side note from this Heather scanned, like, she just sort of flipped through Jane Rule, the author of the, the original book, Desert of the Heart. Yeah, I think so. she read her autobiography, which was actually published posthumously. So, you know, right, keep that context. But Anne was actually the name of this woman that she had met when she was like 14 and just totally became obsessed with and became, like, a close friend of her and her husband. Hmm. Apparently, the wife, Anne, was like, my husband's really attracted to you. And, like, something happened where there was, like, some kind of affair between a teen, Jane Rule, and the husband. Oh, my I God. think it's implied that, like, at some point, she and Anne also have a relationship. Anyway, I don't know. It's interesting that she chose to name this character. Wow. it was probably more yeah. her, you know. Yeah. Anne. <laughs>
0: Unless, I mean, like, Anne is supposed to be, like, 25, and so if she mm-hmm. was a teen, that still could be, like...
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's but true, yeah. but I think I got the sense that the woman that she was kind of in love with slash obsessed with was more of, like, the Vivian character. hmm mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I have a few notes, like, Kay pursues Vivian against her will at her motel, invites herself in, Vivian is reluctant this entire time. And then, (laughs) these are just notes I'm reading. Naked in bed, Vivian turns around after rambling. Oh, and then she says, oh, God. So she does say, oh, God. And then I wrote, "Kay, it's a predator. (laughs) gaslighter." Vivian's like, I want you to put on your clothes and leave. And then she says, no, you don't. Yeah, so you just said all that stuff, but.
0: And then even, like, the line where, so Vivian says, like, I'm going to keep my robe on. And Kay is like, everyone has to draw the line somewhere. Like, and then she (laughs) smirks. It's like, wow. So you're just like, okay, I'll let you have that, you know, like, ugh
1: yeah, I think Kay is definitely written as more of a typical male character in this in this situation. No one's asking me, but if I were to remake this film, I would definitely <laughs> make the consent on Vivian's part a little bit more um obvious because I How about, I think like, in the very book it's much there. more obvious it would be great. <laughs> even a little would <laughs> yeah, even true. a little because there's like nothing there until they're like making love right, you know, right, and right at that point on. Then it's like, okay, sure, she's like a partner in this situation.
0: In that same Criterion interview with Helen Shaver, Patricia Charbonneau was in it as well. And she said that in her mind, her character was the one who was out, right? Her character was the one Mm -hmm. who's like, this is her life. And so she has to take control. like. And that was kind of the the angle that she was bringing to, Mm. I think, the whole thing. But definitely the scene where it's like, I've got to show her how to do this.
1: Yeah. But still, it's like oh, I don't. I'm not comfortable you with those. to do it, but also ask if she actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's telling ask. you she doesn't want it. So, yeah, you know. yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, okay. okay. Let's move on to some of the moments that the we. The stuff liked we liked. More. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have I have more things here that are not just like you know sexual assault. Oh,
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> Is sexual assault on this list at all? Um. Yeah. It's no. No. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Wait. Side note: I love that for like the stuff we didn't like, we jumped from like sculptor who never sculpts to like <laughs> sexual assault. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was really the biggest problem for for me in this film. Oh Other yeah, than that, yeah, like, totally. yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite scenes was actually when we are first introduced to Kay, where she drives <gasps> backwards on like this highway. Fuck yeah, and I just feel like it that perfectly so sort of encapsulated her personality in this way, where it's like. You know ex- everything about her almost, you know, like, you know right, who she's going to yeah. be. And yeah. it makes just like this, it made this like incredible impression as well as like seeing Vivian's response to it. But I love that. <laughs> I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I fell in love with her. Like I, I got yeah. an instant crush when she started driving oh, totally. her like what Cadillac backwards on, on yeah, the desert highway. Uh-huh. So good. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> 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 this one's kind of a, a small one, but. I love Silver's character was fun. And yes. I, I love that there's a scene where she lifts her fiance off the ground. <laughs> I thought it was really cute. But yeah, that was a very, a very small moment that I liked
1: that's my next one which is not that scene specifically but just like Silver in general I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like her relationship Kay's relationship with Silver was like really special yeah especially like given the time she had this friend that she could really confide in we were talking about like why was Silver why was that character important and I think it's like it really allows Kay to like develop as a character to have her there but the scene in particular that I love is when she's taking a bath with her <laughs> with Silver with her friend and like, <laughs> yeah yeah I was like wait her what's good going on friend. her good friend <laughs> yeah. Silver with you know strategically placed. Bubbles, yeah, (laughs) but I love that the husband brings them like these Manhattans or some kind of cocktail, and he's just like, "Mm, Yeah, like I was like, Yes, this is the perfect husband. Yeah, totally, (laughs) it was so great. Yeah,
0: that was actually my next point is that I love that Kay has people who Mm. love and understand her, and you know, just yes, like even who was the farmhand guy. Who's like? I don't know how you get all that traffic with oh, <laughs> with like, yes, no equipment or something.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, love that. I was like, I'm gonna put that. Oh, my...
0: how you get yep. all that traffic with no equipment is yes. beyond me. Yes, yes and I, that was I kept amazing. thinking like, I think throughout the movie, I was just bracing for like one of these cowboys is gonna do something super shitty to these lesbians, and nope, mm-hmm. it wasn't the cowboys. No, it was, it just was Frances. her mom. It was yeah. like her step mom. Yeah. Another thing that I liked was, oh, that was actually kind of into my next point is that there's no violence against her. Not I mean, physical unless you anyway. like, yeah, 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 not physical. But yeah, it, like in this setting at this time, I think it's one of those things that I was just like, all right, when's it gonna be? Yeah, when's she gonna get like found out and like beaten or something? You know? And it's like, oh, okay, it's nice that that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I get the feeling. And I'm, we could probably validate this, but, like, that that we're going to start to see more of that in, like, the 90s. hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh. This is just kind of, like, a small moment. But I do love the first time they really connect, which is when they're kind of sneaking around the kitchen and, like, trying to be quiet. And, yeah. Like, it's really cute. Like, they share, like, a little moment together. There's not a ton of those in the film, so I really appreciated that one.
0: The other thing that I will say... And then I, I just have one more is mm-hmm. the cinematography. We've mm-hmm. we've already talked about yeah. Robert
1: Elswit. It was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. Just he really laid into those desert colors. Uh, and yes. I think he said that for a long time he avoided shooting in digital because it there's like no texture, no grain. And I think you mm-hmm. can really see that in yeah. what he's done with this. But
1: oof, man, yeah, for sure. Some of those scenes are just yeah. It feels like you're there. It's really beautiful. This is <laughs> totally a tangent but I just saw um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in theaters again for the first time in 22 years. (laughs) It was the 35 millimeter print and it obviously was shot in film and I was like Damn. Just like watching that compared to like every other film that's out now. It, yeah. Like the texture, it's like a real thing. That's cool. It's just yeah. so much more depth and like so beautiful. Anyway. Yeah, just have a couple more too, which is I really loved how there was no real resolution with Francis. Like yeah. it was as much of a resolution as you would expect at the time. It was like the best that you could expect mm-hmm. given the fact that it was like, you know, the late fifties. She doesn't really accept her, but it's like she still loves her in the end.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. I also liked you know, if I felt like if you're gonna have this anti gay Stance in one of your characters. At least it was part of like a bigger problem with Francis. Like, it wasn't just Mm -hmm, like, oh, mm -hmm. she's a lovely woman, except that she's a home, like a giant homophobe. Right. It was like, she has all these other problems and you know mm-hmm. it's just like family is difficult and this is one of the the ways that 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 manifests
1: yeah i feel like there were two other versions of this film where it's like francis is actually accepting of k which for me would have been not believable in mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. and then there's another version where she like sends her to get like electroshock therapy right Right. Yeah.
0: well i think you know it's also just a testament to audra Lindley's performance totally that her character was so complex and mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But interestingly, in the book, she approves of the relationship and she just wants Anne in the book to be happy. And if this is how she finds it, she's happy with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think our last thing is probably the same, I'm guessing. We haven't talked about this before. Y- y'all are getting this fresh
0: yeah. from the source.
1: <laughs> like, neither of us have discussed this film since we both watched it. So, but my, yeah, my last thing is the ending
0: yeah I love the ending. yeah, i loved the ending i loved it so
1: much i loved it was how ambiguous so it was yeah it was sweet but it wasn't like saccharine saccharine exactly yeah, totally. yes it was kind of perfect in many ways
0: yeah yeah i feel like it it demonstrated the character arcs nicely mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. vivian is the one who's saying Come, you know, come with me. I want yeah, you. Like yes. she's she's stating a preference, which is great. <laughs> and Kay is the one who's like unsure, you know, at least at the beginning. Yeah,
1: she has a great line that's like being with you is starting to hurt. Yeah, and then they have this cute exchange where I think actually Kay says, "Can I talk you into staying one more day?" Um, and Vivian's like, "Yes." Yeah, <laughs>
0: do you want me? She to? says, "Do you
1: want me to?" And then she's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it it does kind of flip the switch a little bit when they're getting on the train. And you really don't know at the last minute what's going to happen. It really, I think it could have gone either way. Like she could have gone off and it would have been sad. Yeah. But at least no one died um, or got maimed. And then, you know, (laughs) instead of it like, come with me, come live with me. She's like, well, at least come with me to the next stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. I just want 40 minutes with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ah, It reminded me a lot of Carol in terms of like the the sort of ambiguity of the ending. Yeah, yeah. Ambiguity, but like happy.
0: It's nice that it wasn't like, and then they kissed and then the music swells and like whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yay. All right.
1: So I did take notes on, like, what Heather was saying after we watched the film this last time. So she said they clearly spent a lot of their budget on the music. I think we read that they spent 20% of the budget on the music. Wow. Which you can tell. There's a lot of, like, hit songs from the time, you know.
0: Well, sort of. Because, like, some of the Patsy Cline stuff actually came out. In the early 60s, not oh. 1959. <laughs> it's like ups. tapping into the future, <laughs> like, right?
1: Yeah. She said, It's unusual in that it's not like a tragic movie. Also, unusual in that they're not dealing with people who are murderously hostile towards them. She's not fully accepted, yeah. but tolerated and has good friends in this town. She said, Very retro film, except for the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's I think she's like quoting Tarantino here or like she she said there are movies you watch once and then there are movies you want to live in and this is one of the movies that you want to live in oh which I think is that's is sweet good. Yeah. okay so we're gonna attempt to rate these films on a scale of one cactus to five cacti but maybe that'll change depending on the film But <laughs> okay, since yeah. we're in the desert now mm-hmm. how many cacti would you would you rate this film Laurel
0: I would give it out of five four out of five cacti that is
1: higher than i expected from you
0: yeah after the conversation i don't know it marinated a little bit and um definitely at least one cactus for the sexual assault (laughs) and lack of consent but other than that like i thought it was a really sweet story yeah and the lack of violence is great Mm. what a low bar it was it was beautifully shot all the acting i thought was great so yeah I'm going to give it four out of five cactuses.
1: I think that I rated it 3.5 cacti in Letterboxd. But yeah, after talking with you two, I I may bump it up to four.
0: Especially since like, okay, so we were talking about this before we started recording. But like, if you think about the work that it took to just get this made, the fact that there is a lesbian directing it in like 1985,
1: right? Uh, I don't think she's a lesbian. Is she?
0: Yeah. Well, she's married to a woman right now,
1: I think. Oh, okay well then <laughs> let's give it a six out of five cacti <laughs> six out of five <laughs> for a lesbian director wait let me double check i mean her name sounds like dyke so. i know <laughs> <laughs> that's why i wanted to say i wanted to say donna dyke she probably gets it a lot
0: oh yes okay is openly lesbian
1: oh her partner is out of five. writer terry gents <laughs> oh no okay i'm definitely giving it a four out of five cacti and it only reason it doesn't get five cacti is because of the questionable mm-hmm. sexual uh, <laughs> dynamics of this film. Yeah. What did Allie give it?
0: Okay, let's see. So Allie this is this is a reveal to, to me and you at the same time. I had her write it down on a piece of paper. I think you did the same for Heather. Right? I did. So Oh, Allie gives it
1: <laughs> What if she what if oh she God. gave it a two out of five?
0: <laughs> what are we gonna do? She gives it four four cactuses. Whoa! One alive, and three are shriveled
1: and dead or dying. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. How I feel about it oh, either, that's a like, really beautiful drawing. Little, yeah. Wait, that's what is that equal what does to? Okay, yeah, what I, does it mean? Okay, yeah. What does it mean? Does she add any notes? No. <laughs> so, okay.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her
1: though. Right now? Should I? No, I think we should just interpret it how we want to interpret it. All right,
0: it. okay. Well, four cacti. I like it.
1: That's, four, yeah. you know, unusual cacti.
0: Yeah, so she did give it, I think, let me read it again, but they're four out of five, so that, that feels good. One is alive, and three are shriveled and dead or dying. So there's potential. Like, I think that she, these cactuses can be saved and, like, who knew revived. Who knew that
1: our rating was going to be so complicated?
0: It's a very queer way to to rate. (laughs) It really is. I think
1: so. I appreciate that. What's Heather's? Okay. So this is coming to Laurel live as well. (laughs) Okay. Heather said giving desert hearts four stars because quote, move to the desert. Plus the rain turns you gay. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, it makes sense. Yeah. Really is an impeccable storyline. Also all that Western wear. yeah 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 yeah. that's yeah okay that that is move to the desert plus the rain turns you gay really is an impeccable storyline it's true so we all gave it four stars or sorry four cacti yep surprise
0: (laughs) yeah that was actually a surprise to me too
1: great lovely
0: Okay, so I was able to very quickly digest the book, which is not the best way to read anything, but I did find some major differences between, uh, major-ish differences between the book and the movie. So there is a larger age gap in the book, and like Carol or The Price of Salt, there is this weird, like, mother-daughter thing happening again, and it's, like, really driven home over and over and over. Like even just skimming the book, I found multiple instances where she was like, I, I can't find the quotes right now, but you know, it's like, oh, she could be my daughter and now she is my lover or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna please <laughs> pass that. But there's a fifteen year age gap in the book. We said this earlier, but their names are different. So Evelyn Hall is Vivian Bell, and Childs is Kay Rivers in the movie. and has a very explicit thing with silver in the book. And Silver is still getting married, but there's this this thing where just before the wedding, she's like, Let's spend, you know, our last nights together or something, and that becomes kind of a thing. There was a sort of Daryl character in the book as well. His name is Bill though. And he's still besotted with Anne slash K. But there's a hint that he might have also had homosexual relationships, which was interesting. The car slash rain the hotel and the train scenes didn't happen in the book. So the ending is different. Still sweet, but not the train scene that we've like so the the iconic scenes in the movie aren't quite in the book. They do go to Pyramid Lake, but it's not quite the same. They're like spied on by a helicopter in like an airplane. <sighs> and that actually comes back to haunt Evelyn in the divorce proceedings because someone threatens to like expose mm. her, kind of like in Carol, wow, right? wow,
1: very Carol, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um there was also a lot more sex between Evelyn and Anne than there was between Vivian and Kay. And Frances, so Kay's sort of stepmother figure, was, like I said earlier, happy with the relationship. And I thought that was really sweet.
1: I have to say, I'm really glad that they did not carry the mother-daughter sort of dynamic, oh whatever, yeah. into the film. Because that could have easily happened, right? And yeah, it was just totally scrubbed completely. Like, I didn't think about that at all. No,
0: I was happy to have it be like a yellow hair, brown hair, relationship again <laughs> the two genders just like yeah the two genders <laughs> so yeah those were the the main ones that i, I picked out but
1: would you recommend the, the
0: book you know it was a little bit tough for me to get into at the beginning <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because the length la- it's it's super introspective you know like a mm-hmm. lot of there's not a lot of showing there's more telling like a lot of it is Maybe not a lot of it is exposition, but a lot of it is in the characters' heads. So that took some getting used to. But there were some really, like, beautiful lines in the book. So I think I think I might go back and try to read it for real. And, yeah, I would suggest that people pick it up and do the same.
1: Would not recommend the autobiography, I think, <laughs> just based on what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. All right. That wraps up our first episode of the season and also the first film from the top 10 list.
0: So for this season, we're doing a new segment we're calling Sapphic Culture Vault, where we ask all of you for queer stuff that's been meaningful to you, stuff that's been important in your queer life, your queer development, or honestly just stuff, queer stuff that you're enjoying that you would like to, let's say, preserve for future generations of sapphics.
1: I just want to add that we're not talking about like actually capturing yeah, a person gonna... and putting them into like a vault and imprisoning we're not anyone. Go
0: grab Donna Deitch and like
1: yes, put her in this mountain. Yeah, it's more just preserving artifacts related to said thing. So it could be a person, a piece of media. This is kind of an evolution of our media wrecks.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> or a yeah. <our> evolution maybe. <laughs> so we'll kick that off next week. In the meantime, if our discussion today sparked anything that you want to add to about desert hearts please let us know you can post a comment on instagram at sapphic culture club or just write to us there you can tweet at us at sapphic podcasts on twitter you can also email us at Club at gmail.com
0: yeah actually i would be really interested in people's thoughts about the sexual consent angle um that we got into yeah. Like, how did you view that the first time you saw this movie? Like, how did you view it now if you've rewatched it? Super curious. So lastly, you can find a link to the episode transcript and links to some of the stuff that we've talked about in the description of the episode wherever you're listening to this.
1: And then next time, get ready for this. We are going to be talking about the ninth film on our list on the list of top 10 (laughs) lesbian films. (laughs) That we need a better name for. That we need a better name for. Kiss Mig. Kiss Me or Kiss Mig is the film that we are going to be talking about and it might be I think it is for me the only film I haven't seen on this list so Mm -hmm. I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) alright talk to y'all next time see ya Bye. bye